Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with myself, Leo Flowers. It's been a while. It's been a while since it's just been you and I, right? Just, just me and you, you and I, us talking. Uh, some of you are, are are going to work. Some of you are uh, coming home from work. Uh, you're at lunch. Maybe you're on a plane. Maybe you're at home. Maybe, maybe you're just trying to get out of bed. Maybe you're just laying there like, whew. It, like if I could, if I just take a shower today, it, it's gonna be uh, that's gonna be a W. That's gonna be a win for us today, because um, I know I've had those days taking a shower. I uh, I'm excited about today's podcast, and uh, I don't get excited very often. Um, I just a lot of things I want to share with you. A lot of things I want to talk about. A lot of things I think will be of value to you as the listeners. I <laughs> I went to uh, dinner yesterday with some friends, and we were talking about this new thing called ASMR. I don't I don't know if you've discovered this, right? Uh, it basically stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response where um, it's these YouTube videos that uh, are like a sensory overload, but in a great way. So like if you're struggling with anxiety um, or just need to calm down or you're feeling a bit restless, um, it's basically people whispering into the microphone and, hey, how's it going? And sometimes they'll read you a bedtime story. Um, other times they're just tapping on a book. It's just these tapping noises. And basically uh, what these different sounds do are they release endorphins in your body, which uh, make you feel good. It, it's There's really no absolute science on it yet, but... Um, they're getting millions of views and me and my friends yesterday were talking about the different ASMR videos that we watch. So the ones that I watch are just uh, with the girl just whispering and usually she's reading a bedtime story like Peter Pan or she's just talking about uh, random stuff that's not too exciting uh, because it's, it's to help you relax. But there are other ones where people will just be chewing food. They're just they're just slurping up noodles. They're just slurping up ramen noodles. Just but and I can't do it any justice with uh, the, the the sound system I have set up. But um, there's another one where uh, what are, what else are people doing? They uh, they have whispering, they're soft talking, they're scratching and tapping. There is physical, uh, well, physical touch obviously is uh, just like a gentle touching or tapping around like your um, your forehead area or your neck. Um, there's also uh, hair play where you can hear uh, one girl 
just brushing another girl's hair. And the sound of that is uh, relaxing for a lot of people, or even just visually. It's not even just the sound, I realize. Even just watching it, it can be relaxing and soothing for uh, viewers and listeners, which, you know, I understand this because there's a Netflix show called uh, Slow TV, and it's, this, it's a string of videos where they put cameras on the front of a train, and, the, you know, these trains are going on like three to ten hour train rides, and it's just the perspective of the the of the the train uh, of of the world from the train's perspective, and there's no, so there's nothing really going on. You're just going through uh, some cities and but mostly uh, you know forests and uh, country and things like that. So you just you're just getting this change of scenery. They even have videos. Um, where people are just fishing, just out there fishing. And, uh, you know, fishing enough is boring. So you can't imagine how uh, unstimulating it is to watch somebody fish. But sure enough, um, people are watching these, and they're watching them for hours. Uh, I, I guess it's synonymous with a fish tank also, right? Like sometimes I'll put on the YouTube fish tank, um, or yeah, I'll, I'll go to YouTube and click, uh, you know, like a 4k fish tank or, um, uh, a river, um, or aerial shots of Iceland or something like that. And just have that on in the background on, on my television. And it's soothing. It's relaxing for, <laughs> it makes you feel like you're outdoors when you're indoors. But, uh, but other ASMR videos are uh, page turning, where you're literally just listening to someone turn the pages of a book. And it's funny, but once again, these are sounds that people find. The one that I, I can't. So the thing with these videos, too, are uh, they're either, and, and they're on Spotify. I'm sure there's like some Spotify playlists where they have um, uh, uh, ASMR uh, tracks being played or playlists that you can listen to. I uh, I think I'm running a little hot there. The, um, uh, But the the sounds are either extremely soothing or extremely infuriating, like cringeworthy. uh, so you have to figure out what works for you. Like, do you like the tapping? Do you like the page turning? Uh, do you like uh, the sound of hair being brushed? All those different types of things. Uh, but like I said, there's no clear science as to why it's soothing, why it works, uh, besides, you know, the releasing of endorphins. And uh, and it, it, it probably taps into some... You know, when you're a kid, those those sounds uh, that you heard uh, or just being touched, like, so I, I think part of why people are struggling to connect is that 
oftentimes touch is has become only associated with um, either we are uh, friends like a hug or uh, uh, sex. Like there's 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 like an int- like I'm touching you with uh, with an intention of receiving something from you, right? Um, and, and people in, in a lot of relationships experience that where the significant other only touches them when they're in the mood for sex and, and it's not just out of checking in on them or just to soothe them or just to uh, form a, a, a bond, right? It's, it's all with, uh, the, with the purpose of an exchange. So then touch to you then becomes this thing that isn't always comfortable or soothing um, or relaxing for you. But with ASMR and, and, and what we discover is that, like, uh, in other countries, like uh, in places in Africa where, uh, and in India and, and parts of Asia, where men walk the street holding hands, and they're straight men, there's no, uh, you know, there's no, there's no sexual connotation behind it. It's just the, they, there's value touch, whether it's male or female, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's important that we have physical contact with people um, often, regularly, on a daily basis. Uh, that's why I, you know, my massages, uh, as <laughs> as expensive as they are, so valued. So, uh, speaking of which, I need to schedule uh, a massage today. But to me, it's not a luxury. It's it's. Um, it's it's a necessity. It's it's a way of it's a way for me to give to myself so that I can continue to give to other people. You know whether you know whether it's through this podcast, through stand up comedy, through I have my clients that um, I'm life coaching and that I'm training, um, so that I can show up for them. And and a lot of us, you know, in a in a uh, was it the last. Yeah, in the last podcast with Sky Berger, we talked about, um, you know, being selfish, but in a good way of like taking, meaning like you're taking care of yourself with the intention of taking care of other people, right? Um, so don't don't be afraid to to get that massage or to uh, to say I need hey I need some time to myself, guys. I need 10 minutes. Can I get a moment of silence for me? <laughs> can I can I just get a can I get a minute? Please just shut it down. Or just saying, hey, I gotta go for a walk around the block. You know, take that. If you if you have a listen, if you have a job where um, you know, you get like a 30-minute lunch break, which is to me, slavery, it is cruel and unjust, unjust, uh, cruel and, uh, I forget what the other word I want to use is. But anyway, it's just cruel. It's, just, it's not, it's, it's, it's inhumane is what it is. If you, if, you have that, if you have that job where you have a short lunch break or you get 15-minute breaks, leave the premises Go for a walk. Get outside. Detach. Get perspective. 
Reset yourself. Do not, listen to me, do not go in the break room. I've been in break rooms. Break rooms are like these dirty Petri dishes um, where people go to complain about their day. That's, that's, that's to me is what a break room is. For the most part, people are just like, oh, my feet are killing me. My back, man, you know, they not, they cut my hours. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I used to, I used to, when I was subbing at LAUSD, uh, I, I would eat my lunch in a classroom uh, and, and or go for a walk around. Uh, there was a track across the street from the, from the schools. A lot, most of the schools I, I taught at had like a, a track or basketball court or something like that. And uh, I, would, I would just walk around there, get some fresh air, reset myself, get ready for the next part of the day. But man, to sit in that break room, first of all, break rooms are tiny. And most people's lunches just look sad. Like when you see what people are eating, you're like, man, that's what you're eating? Uh, whether it's um, not enough. You, you see people just they're trying to diet. And so they're just eating a salad. And you're like, that is not enough to sustain anybody. Get you some real food. Uh, or people eating too much. Or the worst the worst f- funky foods. Now we both know there is not enough ventilation in a break room for you to be bringing in all them garlics and onions and uh, 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 fermented foods. <laughs> Listen, you bring in a peanut butter jelly sandwich. <laughs> nothing, nothing. Nothing too odorous, right? Be respectful. We could bring in some pasta. <laughs> but man, there's always that one person they and and you smell it, they put it in a microwave and you're like, oh man, the whole break room is gonna smell like uh exactly <laughs> what they put in a microwave for three days. Uh or you get that person who the, the food is so strong that even in a fridge, you open a fridge and now all your food smells. And t- now your sandwich tastes like um, ramen noodles. Ramen noodles is the best thing I could come up. I know that's not a very uh, odorous scent. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but my point is, is, uh, is get outside. And 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 clear your brain and, and find a way to relax. Don't don't be uh, all up in a break room. If you work from home, schedule some breaks so that you can you can get up, get out, and get something. Speaking of smells, and this is a, a little off topic. Speaking of smells, there is, a, but this is interesting. There's a show on um, Amazon Prime called Perfume. And it's, uh, but it's spelled P-A-R-F-U-M. So parfum, 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 but perfume for all intents and purposes. Uh, and it's about uh, this guy who is uh, killing people to capture their scent, right? He's a serial killer 
killing people to capture their scent. Uh, and it's, it's really good. I think it's really good. And there's an actual book that is based off of. But anyway, I bring that all up to say that the interesting thing is I didn't know that they put poo in perfume. I, I know, poo and perfume, and I know you're like, that's not true, but it is true. It is so true. I looked it up, and poo in its, and I hate to use this word, microdosing, in its tiniest forms, um, smells like perfume. Uh, it smells uh, florally and has this, animalic, I think that's the word they use to describe it, type of scent that draws people to you. It's that scent that you go, oh, she's just irresistible. She's, or she's irresistible, you know? So there's, and, and I mean, even in the best perfumes, these aren't just cheap perfumes. These aren't perfumes just made in uh, China or Taiwan. These are high-end perfumes that they're actually putting uh, poo and other uh, liquids from other body parts in there to uh, to give it a certain scent. So my and uh, the deeper point with that is, and that's why, like, if you put on too much perfume or cologne, it stinks because you're putting on too much poo poo. So reduce the poo poo, one spray, walk through it, or you just spray it on your wrist, boom, and then put it on uh, behind your ears. Done. Don't. We don't we don't need twelve sprays. You that's it's not Axe body spray. This is real stuff with poo. Actually, Axe body spray doesn't even have the poo, of, which is weird, right? Uh, if anything that I thought would have poo in it, it would be Axe body spray, but it, it's not. Um, but I bring that up to say that there are so many things in our life that we are eliminating their people. I'm on Facebook. People are just cutting people out of their lives. They're cutting things out of their lives. I'll never have that again. I'll never talk to you again. Well, I'll never do this again. And the truth is, it it doesn't always require you to cut things out your life as much as it requires you to figure out the right dosage. All right? Figure out I have friends who I hang out with all the time. I have friends friends I hang out with some of the time, and I have friends I hang out with rarely. Right? I, I might have I'm microdosing some of my friends, and it's not because they're bad friends or evil friends. It's just I just require different doses doses of different friends. Some friends I I you know it's like like your girlfriend like you. You want to talk to your girlfriend or your significant other every day, right? Or pretty much every day. And and then your close friends, you know, uh, weekly at least. And as a, uh, as a circle of become acquaintances, you know, a, every couple of weeks or once a month and so on and so forth. So instead of just thinking, having this, we have this all or nothing uh, mentality around so many things around food and places and um like i know dairy is bad for me um and but it's not that dairy is bad for me it's like just don't eat the entire pint of ice cream leo flowers there's no need for that right just microdose the ice cream have your little scoop 
You go to Europe, there's just a, they give you a little cup, little tiny cup. They give you this, the tiniest spoon. It's so tiny. It's so tiny. It's a micro spoon. And, and it's not just for you. It's so you can share. You should, we should be sharing things and, and making friends with the things that we have. If I, if you buy too much food instead of throwing it out, see if your neighbors want it. See if they need it. I'm, I'm constantly uh, buying too much uh, produce or fruits or things. And I'm like, oh, I, I didn't realize I'm going to be out of town and I'm not going to finish. So I just give it to my neighbors. And it's just a great way of connecting and bonding with the people around you. So instead of thinking you have to eliminate people and things and, and habits, just ask yourself, what, how, is this, how does this serve? At what dosage does this serve me best? And, and once you figure that, and that takes time and it takes work, and you got to tweak it. For some of you who are on meds, you understand that. Like, they don't get your meds right the first time. They got to play with the dosage. They have to tweak it. They got to f- refine it. They see how you feel. They got to check in. They follow up, get the feedback, and then they, they go back and retest it, and et cetera, et cetera, make observations, take notes. Same thing. It's like, I have people who I, I cut out, and I was like, I don't need to cut this person out. Actually, there are things about this person that I love and like. Uh, I just and I just can't have too much. Like you know, it's like, oh, it's too salty. I love salt, but too much salt, no bueno. Um, so that so yeah, that came. I forgot how I got into the whole perfume thing, but um, but yeah, microdosing. Think about the right dosage of of television, think about the right dosage of social media. People are like, I'm quitting social media. And it's like, all right. For, I, for some people, I understand. Like if you have an extremely addictive um, personality, then it, you might have to burn the ships and be like, I'm deleting all of it. I get that. Um, but for most of us and, and most of the time and for most things, um, we can we can dose it and 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 play with that and figure that out. I uh, I bought a record player, bought a record player, and at first I was like, "What am I gonna do with this record player?" And I bought so I bought like three albums, and I was like, ah, three albums. I've already listened to them. I was gonna give the record player away." And I'm at the bookstore with a friend yesterday, uh, a, a girl, a girl, I say friend, you know, my, my new girlfriend. I, I don't know why I feel weird about saying it. My, my, new, my new girlfriend, my girlfriend. Uh, and we're, we're at this bookstore and they had books and they had albums. And I, I'm, I'm like, ah, you ready to go? And then I turn around and she has like 10 albums in her hand. And she says, uh, I got these for you. And I, was, and I didn't even know what the albums were. At. Um, she got me uh, Etta James, who I, I know who Etta James, are, uh, I know who that is. Uh, she got me a Flip Wilson album. Um, what else is this? 14 Blue Roads of St. Louis. Um, that I don't know, but uh, just... Oh, it's Louis Armstrong, Duke Ellington, 
Benny Goodman, Earl Hines, Lena Horn, Eartha Kitt, Maxine Sullivan. Uh, so she got me that. She got me a National Lampoon record. That's not funny. That's sick. Uh, Account Basie uh, album collection, Deluxe Limited Edition. And uh, now the one I'm really fascinated by, I'm going to listen to all these today. I'm gonna, at least I'm going to try. Um, one called Roses and Revolutions. Wait, Roses? Wait, what's this called? Roses and... Uh, roses. I think it's called Roses and Revolutions. And uh, it's Ruby D, Roberta Flack, Lena Horn, and it's uh, an album by Delta Sigma Theta, uh, a sorority. And they apparently put out a an album. I bring this up to say that when we bring things into our life, it allows for people to also add things to your life. You know, when I bought that when I bought that record player, I was just thinking about me and myself and I was like, I don't really shop for records. I'm not I'm not going to buy more than those 3 records probably. This is a waste of time and money. And when I turned around and I saw her holding those albums, I, I realized that record player is now an opportunity for people to express their their love for me, their um, their affection for me, um, to let me know that they are thinking of me, right? Um, and it just it felt great. Like I I I'm not I don't know what to expect from the albums, but I'm gonna listen to them, and and the albums are gonna mean ten times more to me because they were given to me versus uh, me going out and having purchased those. And so you know those things that you. We we throw out we throw out so many things. You know, Marie Kondo, I think is um she's doing great for society because a lot of us do have too many things. But um I think that in the middle of throwing away so much that uh we may be throwing away some things that are meaningful to us. And that um, allows us to connect with other people and allows for people to connect with us. If, if there's something that you you value and you care about, um, hold on to it. Hold on to it and, and, and recognize that you're not the only one that um, is responsible for it or has to take care of it. That people in a community... Uh, feeling your love and your passion for what you're doing and what you're taking care of will uh, support it in uh, with small acts of kindness and love and, and they'll surprise you. It gives people a chance to surprise you, right? Um, because I'm going to listen to these albums uh, and it's music that I'm excited because uh, are not on my playlist, on my Spotify playlist. So it's going to open up my music vocabulary right and then it gives me and now what this does is it gives me 
things to talk about with other people, right? Like I, I, because of, because I bought that record player, now I'm able to share this story with you, and um, and I, I guess I'm also bringing it up because I, very recently I I was in a mood where I was I could feel myself just starting to give things away. And uh, and I, I I and I have I I can say that I have given some things away. Um, my my walls are almost bare bare. Um, um uh, I feel myself wanting to tear up as I talk about it, but um, I could feel myself spiraling in the wrong direction. And it's it's these moments where um, that make you go, all right, Leo, keep going, because it's not it's not just you, right? It's it's uh, the people around you, it's your team, it's your family, it's your your friends, it's you you all, the listeners that that help me keep going, that uh, that energize me, that fuel me that give me a purpose and uh and it's it's a it's incredible how in brief moments um you can forget all that um but then also in in these in in a brief moment you can be reminded of why you're here what you're doing um and and what you're going through um but uh, i just i just recognize for myself that um, I'm in a place um, that is uh, where I have to I have to be conscious of what I'm eating. I have to keep my sugars low, uh, uh, reduce my stimulation, uh, take some things off my plate. Just kind of not you know, and not go through the motions, but. Um, you know, get to sleep, be on a regular schedule, things like that. I, you know, I, I can definitely feel a flare up. So, and, and talk more and share more. I, it's, it's important. I still don't have a therapist, which I need to get a therapist, uh, obviously someone to talk to, but at the same time, I feel very fortunate to have people in my life who I can call and talk to. And I do, I call them and, and, and share my feelings and thoughts and, um, uh, and uh, it fuels me. And, and living in, in Los Angeles, getting the sun, um, I've upped my greens. I've been sleeping. Here's here's how I know, like, I really got to take care of myself. I have a sleep app called Sleep Cycle, and uh, it, it gives me a percentage of how well I've been sleeping. And I've been getting, like, 92 95 98%. And I'm still waking up not feeling like all right let's go let's 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 kick butt you know uh and I go oh that this isn't good like I'm I'm getting sleep I'm getting eight hours and and solid I'm getting all my REM cycles and um and my but I, I feel neutral I don't feel but there are these moments you know lately where uh I just, you know, wanted to cry for no reason. So 
I don't want to say no reason. I mean, it's, it's definitely the the depression, and it's just that I have to acknowledge and accept that that's the cycle that I'm in, and then uh, ask my and then stay on my routine of you know you guys know I do my daily germs of journaling, exercising, reading, meditating, self talk, and I have to tell you, once I go into my uh, or, or, you know, the other phrase we call is a suicide drill. Once I go into my suicide drill, journal, exercise, read, that all those feelings dissipate. They disappear. Um, and, and so that feels good to know that my safety levers uh, or my, my safety plan works. The, the drill works. It, it saves my life every day. And I so I encourage you, the listeners, to um, make sure that you you know you have a, a a plan in place that you do every day, not something that you do when you feel it, but something that you do uh, every day, so that your highs don't become too high and your lows don't get too low. We can manage this. We can manage this. Um, but it, it requires a strategy. It requires intention. It requires um, intervention. I, I just said intervention because it rhymes. <laughs> I just said it because it because there is there's detention. No. Um, so switching gears, I was at my friend's uh, going away party uh, yesterday. Uh, good, this great guy, uh, Cole Stamper, and uh, his wife, uh, Rachel Stamper. They're both amazing. I used to work with them at Equinox. And I ran into a good buddy of mine, uh, Raymond, and uh, who I will have on a podcast. He was in the military, and, uh, and he just has some amazing stories that uh, we, were t- we were talking about yesterday. He shared with me yesterday. I was like, I got to have you on a podcast. And uh and he's also just a great guy who I love talking to. Um, and uh, But he showed me a new tattoo that he has of a wolf. And I was like, why'd you get a wolf? And he said it's his primal zodiac sign or his animal uh, spirit, right? I don't know if you guys have heard of this. And I know some of you guys are like, oh, oh uh, uh, strategy. Ooh, ooh, ooh. But... To me, astrology is is not something that you necessarily go, oh, this is exactly who I am at 100%. It's just uh, a way of making sense of some things that may not make sense for you about you, right? Where you go, I don't know why I keep doing this or why am I like this? And um, and But when you look at your astrology, you go, uh, I, I get it now, right? It, it just gives you uh, more data points of which to uh, figure out who you are. And for people who are like, and, and if that doesn't make sense to you, I always think about my Spotify uh, account, my Spotify premium, which are, um, which they get, they get me, man. You know, from my music choices and what I listen to and uh, how many times I listen to a, a song or, or whatever, they curate uh, a, a, a playlist every week called Discover Weekly. And 99.9% of the times, 
they nail this playlist. And it's always songs that I've never heard before, but the, they're amazing. And uh, it just, it, I have faith in AI. People are afraid of artificial intelligence. But as long as uh, my Spotify playlist is dope, um, I, I'm excited for AI because then they could, I, I, I trust them with picking out what I want for lunch and breakfast and dinner and uh, time to go to sleep and et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, but going back to primal zodiac sign, so it's basically whatever your, uh, your Western sign is plus your Eastern sign. So uh, I'm a Pisces, uh, according to um, uh, Western, wait, wait, is Western, wait, Eastern? I forget which is, well, anyway, Chinese and American. So my American zodiac sign is uh, Pisces, and then my Chinese astrological sign is Dragon. And then you put those two together, which gives you your primal zodiac sign, which is, mine is a, a firefly. So you know your Chinese astrological sign, they go by the year you were born. So American uh, astrological sign goes by uh, the day, right? Like on March 18th, that makes me a Pisces. But I was born in 1976, so that 76 makes me a, a, a dragon. So I'm a Pisces dragon. Excuse me. Then you put those two together, uh, and then you have uh, a firefly, which is uh, which I was like a firefly. I don't want to be no firefly. I want to be like a, a wolf. I want to be like raise a wolf. I'm a firefly. What? But then I looked up firefly, and I'm just going to read to you a little bit about what a firefly is. And then uh, for those of you who've been listening to me from day one and uh, who know me personally, you tell me if this uh, sounds like me, right? And then you can uh, you can look. I'm on uh, primalastrology.com, primalastrology.com. Um, so firefly, firefly is a sign of the idealist, creative, intuitive, and mysterious. Fireflies are passionate about what they believe in. They try hard to be optimists who want to see the world as a happy place where good things are supposed to happen to good people. They are warm and loyal friends and will do anything to help a friend or a family member in need. At the same time, they expect this loyalty to be returned and have little problem demanding. That's right. Give me what you owe me. No, I'm joking. Uh, above all things, fireflies want to be loved and admired. Don't we all want to be loved and admired? I mean, who doesn't want to be loved and admired? Um, and there's a little bit more. Members of this sign may be prone to depression when inactive. That's why I got to get my hike on, son. I got to keep moving. You move it or you lose it. With such strong ideals and a powerful sense of right and wrong, they are not well suited to accepting things as they are. That's right. We breaking the mold, baby, with this podcast, with everything. Oh, this is great. While such acceptance is often tied to the concept of realism, it just doesn't seem to work well for their personalities. Fireflies in particular need to be forward thinking, forward moving. They need a heartfelt purpose in life and need to see progress towards it. All right, blah, 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 blah. Oh, fireflies are sensitive. They spend a lot of time living in their own minds. In truth, they prefer their perfect little fantasy worlds over reality, et cetera, et cetera. So that's absolutely me. Uh, my girl read hers, and she felt the same. 
she is a B, and she read her. She was like, "Oh, that's me completely." Um, so, oh, and they list the famous fireflies. I was like, "Yeah, uh, let's see who the famous fire." Ooh, W. E. B. Du Bois, Doctor Seuss, Jackie Gleason, uh, Mario Andretti, uh, Al Jarreau, Bernardo Bertolucci. I don't know who that is. Uh, Prince Edward, Jasmine Guy. Oh, uh, yeah, for you uh, a different world fans out there. Bonnie Blair, uh, Chester Bennington, and Ja Rule. Oh, Ja Rule, Rihanna. For sure, Rihanna. Yeah, she's got to be. She's a, she's a fire everything, right? Um, so check out your primal astrology. Figure out what your spirit animal is. Uh, because the better that you know yourself and you understand yourself, the 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 better you can position yourself in life and the and the easier it is for you to navigate and make decisions should you go left should you go right should you go straight uh should you be with this person not be with that person in what capacity should you be with this person um and what feeds you you know you'll 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 figure out that sometimes um we we do things that don't feed our soul that don't make us fulfilling which I bring this up because uh, there's an article. Wait, where is this article? About this kid who. Um, you read these articles about these kids who take their life. And when, you, when they read it back, they're like, oh, uh, they had everything. They uh, they were a straight A student. They played sports. Everybody loved them. They they had both parents. They uh, they took a shower every day. They went. Uh, they did jujitsu and played the trombone. They could also uh, tap dance and took ballet. Uh, they could fly helicopters. All right, I'm getting real. But the point is is that we, to us, outside looking in, we look at someone like that, we go, they had everything. But did they have what they needed? You have everything, but do you have what you need to thrive, to feel fulfilled, right? Like, you could have $20 million, but maybe that's not what you need. Maybe there is a, there was an artist who was wealthy. Um, uh, through his, he would sell his paintings, make a lot of money. And he realized that when he had all this money, he it, it killed his drive, his passion to create. So he would, I forget his name, I wish I could remember his name. So he would make money and then he would give it all away. He would blow it on stuff. And, and then that... That because that like not having money, that hunger, that fear, that he he thrived off of that. He thrived off having nothing. It forced him to create the thing that he loved, and then he create and sell that and make. And now he just lived his whole life like that. Some of us are better with nothing. We thrive in those. Bare minimum environments, the, the, those zen, 
the with just the essentials, just living out of our backpack. My buddy Raymond yesterday was telling me about it. This guy who he sees every day, homeless. Uh, I hate saying homeless. A, a guy without a, a person without a home, and he stopped to talk to him and found out that the guy said he's like I, w- I was married, two kids, and uh, I was driving home from work and uh, drove past my house and just kept going. He's like, and that just ended up out here. Um, and he said he hasn't looked back. He said he hadn't, he's like, I haven't talked to my kids in 10 years. I haven't talked to my wife, my kids in 10 years. And Ray is like, are, are you okay? He's like, I love it. I absolutely love it. I collect disability because uh, uh, from being a, a military vet, and it's uh, enough to sustain me. I, I, I I I, can't, I don't want to look back. And it, yes, the fact that he left his wife, his children, um, I, I don't encourage that. I don't support that. But my point is, is that um, he's thriving where he is, or maybe he's hiding. Maybe he's hiding. You know that that's his story, right? His part of the story is. He's he's comfortable. He's happy um, with where he is. Uh, maybe he's running away from his obligations. It, it, it's, it could be both. Let's just say it's both, right? But my point is, is that not everybody needs a, a five uh, MTV cribs and uh, a, a office uh, uh, on the top level or a penthouse suite. Some some of us thrive in huts or cabins or tents. Figure out what you need, what you want. Write those things down, and know that it changes uh, occasionally. It's it's not always going to be the same. From day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year, those things change. Um, speaking of which, I'd be you know I and I think I've brushed on this before um, about the fact that because it's extra daylight now, um, it's triggering a lot of bipolar uh, episodes. Um, it's also uh, triggering a lot of agitation. People aren't sleeping uh, as much. And uh, so I just want to go over really quickly uh, some triggers, possible triggers for mania, and then possible triggers for depression, just so that you are aware of what's going on to make sense of what you're feeling and and what you're experiencing um, for some of you, right? So... Things that can trigger your mania are falling in love, stimulants, starting creative projects, late night partying, vacationing, because it throws off your scheduling, and loud music. Excuse me. I bring all that up to say that it seems so much fun 
to fall in love, to start new relationships. It's summer, and uh, we all, we always love something that's new. We love a new iPhone, a new car, a new love, a new hobby. But recognize that all that can trigger mania in you. And that doesn't mean that you, you don't pursue newness, but watch your cycle of it. You know, it's and make sure you're you can handle it. Make sure you're aware of you're in a you're in a you're in a position to um, be able to handle the mania, so it doesn't get too out of control, right? Um, stimulants. I've I've cut out the caffeine. Cut out even green tea. People are like, there, there's this is a healthy caffeine. It's green tea has antioxidants. First of all, antioxidants are over blown out of proportion. There's so many other factors uh, into you feeling good and feeling healthy besides antioxidants. That's just some buzzword. Uh, it's like, oh, the the fruit is from the mountaintops of Sri Lanka. All right, whatever. Um, so. Falling in love, stimulants. Now, when we talk about stimulants, we're not just talking about caffeine and drugs. Uh, TV shows can be a stimulant, like America's Got Talent. I mean, their whole thing is to get you so riled up and cheering and rooting and um, out of your chairs. That like So that can be a form of stimulation. Uh, TV, movies... Especially uh, going to the movies, the, the the it's so loud in there. Um, and uh, I actually just walked out of a movie the other day. I saw Ma, and I was like, "This is too much. I, I I can't take it." It was it was it was too. I was like twenty minutes in, and I, I don't I don't know what it was, but it was it was too much for me. Um, so stimulants, uh, starting creative projects. You know, we love like, and I definitely know when I'm um, in my mania phase because I'll, I mean, I'm kind of, uh, well, not there now, but I'll be trying to read like twelve different books and uh, like writing a script, working on jokes. Like I'm just trying to do a million things all at once, and 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 calling people and talking to people, and uh, I'm up at weird hours of the night. And I'm like, I have so much energy and. And I can I can thrive off four hours. I'm like oh, I don't need only need three hours. Like it's um, so. But starting new creative projects can do that for you. You know that excitement of oh this is going to be great. You know late night partying, um, a vacation, especially like if you're going overseas. I mean just the flight alone, that throwing you off your sleep cycle. That's insane. Loud music, and then your depression triggers right. So with the loud music, I try not to play loud music until, or, or, or play any music until like after 12. Um, or uh, really I'm shooting for nighttime, like right before bed. Uh, but even then it's like chill music. And maybe on the weekends I'm listening to more, but during the week I, I really try to manage my, I really try to do everything I keep, Try to do things that keep me in a neutral state versus something that's too exciting or something that's too uh, uh, depressing, right? Um, but depression triggers stress, fatigue, lack of sleep, injury or illness, 
lack of exercise. So another thing that can um, uh, trigger your depression are, you know, if you're eating too much sugar, because that causes inflammation uh, in your body and in your joints. So, so you might feel a little swollen, a little brain fog. That's how you know you're getting too much, uh, too much sugar. Your joints ache. Um, and so that, and then if you're getting colds a lot, if you're getting a lot of colds, then you know you're, that's a sign that you're, um, if you have like a runny nose or you've got the sniffles, too much sugar in your diet, which causes inflammation. And that can be a, a depressive uh, trigger. So be be aware of uh, these these things. The, you know, the more we understand ourselves and what's going on, then the the less scary uh, it it all can feel, right? And the more manageable it can feel. Uh, last thing I'm going to leave you guys with are uh, oh. I have some shows coming up where I'll be at the Vegas uh, Comedy Cellar in Vegas uh, in the Rio Hotel July 4th week. So July 1st through the 7th, I'm there. And then I'm doing some cruise ships uh, in August for two weeks. I don't even know what cruise line, uh, Norwegian cruise line, but I don't know where we're going. I, uh, I, that, that, if if I know that goes back to excitement. If I know where I'm going, I'll get too excited, and then um, really won't be able to focus. So I, I don't know where we, I know we're leaving from Long Beach, and I, I think we're going to like Mexico and some other places. But um, but if you are in Vegas, and then also keep your fingers crossed for me, people. Keep your fingers crossed. I had the opportunity to perform at the Life is Beautiful Festival in Las Vegas. 200,000 people will be there. If you type in Life is Beautiful, uh, I think .com or .org, uh, it'd be like Wiz Khalifa, Chance the Rapper, a lot of performers, a lot of artists, not just rappers, not just hip-hop, but different artists from different genres. And uh, these people, they saw me performing in Vegas at the Comedy Cellar. And I have since reached out again to uh, have me perform or be a part of a uh, panel there at the Life is Beautiful Festival. So stay tuned for that. Keep your fingers crossed that this happens. I truly feel blessed for this opportunity to pop up, something I was not expecting, which is why I encourage you to create whatever you can create and, and put your art out there because... Um, you just don't know what's going to come from it. Um, so those are, those are some things that I am looking forward to. And, uh, and hopefully you guys will, will come and, and let me know. You can find me on Instagram at Leo flowers, 2000, or, uh, there's a Facebook, uh, page for the, before you kill yourself. So you can like, and, uh, subscribe to that. And uh, what, and then we have an Instagram before you kill yourself. So uh, add, like, subscribe, follow, all that good stuff on there. So the last thing um, I want to leave you guys with are I just started this. So I'm working on some new material and uh, about trust issues. And I re- just realized, like, I have a lot of trust issues um, some of it rooted in my my father being in and out of my life as a kid. 
and I really want to get an understanding of it and how it shows up and manifests and plays out because uh, I, I want to be able to trust and I want to trust myself to be able to trust. Like if you, because it's a muscle, right? Like if you don't, if you don't trust people, then how do you learn how to trust? It's like if you don't work out, you're not going to build up muscles to get stronger and better at uh, working out. Um, so you have to, the thing about trust, you have to, you have to practice it, right? Um, so here are 10 signs that uh, you might have trust issues, right? One is you predict how people will betray you without evidence of betrayal. Oh, I'm um, I'm doing that all the time. I'm I'm ten steps ahead on that. Like I'm, I, I play out everything. I'm like, she's gonna do this and she'll do that and da, 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 and um, it gets it gets out of control very quickly. Uh, but even with jobs, I'm like, they're gonna fire me. They're gonna like I'm, I'm, I do it with work. I do it with relationships. I do it with myself. Uh, I'm just like, like Leo, you're going to betray yourself. <laughs> Eventually, you're not going to stick with this. Uh, so I have all those types of thoughts uh, running through my head. Uh, number two is you trust people you have no business trusting. I know it's counterintuitive, but it happens all the time. Um, it's like I just often like I place my trust in people who are most likely to take advantage of me. Like that, and it's, uh, it's something I've gotten better at, but something that... Um, uh, I wasn't aware of uh, until recently. Uh, it becomes like uh, um, your trust issues become like this self-fulfilling prophecy, right? And and that's one thing I like about uh, this, this this woman I'm seeing is uh, I 100 percent am I'm like I trust her, like like that's the strongest emotion that I have is uh, I'm like I just I'm like God I I really trust her. Um, and that and that's valuable and important to me. I really value that. Uh, the number number three is you trust people too quickly. So maybe <laughs> maybe I shouldn't trust her. You know, it's that <laughs> it's like I don't know. But uh, but I'm just going with my gut on this one, and my gut's been right about uh, a few things, and, and it's been wrong about a couple things, but for the most part. But that's also the value of meditating, so you can clear out the gunk and really get to. Uh, how you feel and what you're experiencing. Uh, number four is um, sometimes we feel like uh, uh, I sh we overshare, right? So when you um, when you don't trust, when you have trust issues, you either share too much to scare the other person away, or you don't share enough, right? It's you either guarded. Or you're just flooding them with too, too much information. They're like, oh, that's too much too soon. Adios. Um, and I've had that. Uh, number five, your relationships are shallow, even if you aren't. Um, I can definitely say that. I have a, a bunch of shallow relationships. Even my best friend from high school. I'm 43. We've been best friends since high school. So that was that 20 years is more than that. And he said to me a few years ago, he goes, I feel like I don't even know you. And it stuck with me because I was like, that's crazy because not only have we been best friends since uh, high school, we've, we've lived together for, for a period of time. And so for him to say, he's like, I feel like I don't even know you. 
Um, and it wasn't some like I did something crazy and he was like, ah, I feel like I don't even, it wasn't like that. It was just like a random, I forget what we were talking about. And uh, I was like, wow, uh, I don't, I don't know what that means. And I don't know how to uh, address that. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess when I when I really think about it, I'm not really calling him with stuff. I probably, maybe I've shared more with you guys than I have with him. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, but on the flip side, like I'm not a shallow person. Like I very much, I want to know. But I think that's partly, that's part of it is that I'm super interested in people. So I'm always asking more questions. I'm always like, you know, wanting to learn about you, the environment, the, um, and then, but because the emphasis is more on that, maybe I'm not opening up as, as much as I could or, or should. Uh, number six, um, emotional, uh, commitment. You know, I, I've, you know, I've commonly shared that I, I'm usually dating in two-year increments, you know, because at two years they start talking about marriage, and I'm like, oh, that, that sounds a little too much. I got to go, um, which I am working on. I'm working on it, guys. Uh, number seven, genuine mistakes are often seen as awful breaches of trust. It, oh, like when when I when people wrong me, it's it is like uh like they it's they're like a traitor uh, they should be strung up but i but i but i'm realizing that it's just a genuine mistake and we all make mistakes but in my head i'm like what is she up to you know it's like if she's running late i'm like is she hiding something from me uh if if people are speaking too loudly or too softly i was at a dinner party and two of my friends were whispering in a corner i was like Oh, they're plotting against me, you know. Like it was, it was weird. <laughs> it was ridiculous, right? Um, uh, number eight: others may see you as self-righteous, impossible to please, or unforgiving. Oh, definitely, I've been called self-righteous. Yeah, for sure. Uh, number nine: you feel lonely, isolated, and like an outcast. Oh, yeah, all the time. Uh, ten, uh, ninety, ninety, uh, a thousand percent is is what everybody's saying now. That's the that's the catchphrase. Oh yeah, nobody says a hundred, a hundred percent is too low. Everybody's like a thousand percent, and then it's gonna be like ten. Like oh my god, people are so hilarious. Like is a hundred percent not enough? Now we're saying a thousand percent. People, let's 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 take it down a notch by like a thousand percent. Um, and number ten, despair. Right. Uh, so despair. May um, may lead to depression um, since it is impossible to be socially adjusted without trusting others to some degree, and when it is painful to consider trusting anyone, you may feel trapped in a world in which you feel you don't feel like you belong. So, those are signs that you may have trust issues. So, what what do we do? What, what's our solution here, people? If uh, if we want to turn the ship around and learn how to trust, uh, we have to be willing to risk the pain of learning to trust. 
it's painful. Trusting's not easy. You have to risk, uh, you know, take the risk of being hurt. Um, find somebody that you can work through your trust issues with, whether it's a coach or a therapist um, or somebody who just understands uh, trust issues, um, you know, and read up more like, you know, Google stuff about trust issues, what it looks like. Um, cause you know, when you don't trust, it could also lead to you sabotaging things. So sabotaging your work, sabotaging your diet, sabotaging your relationships. Um, uh, the other thing is take emotional risk, you know, and that goes back to be willing to risk the pain of being hurt. Uh, also confront your trust, prejudice, and suspicions. Like if you don't trust something, then Maybe ask more questions. Dig a little deeper. Don't be afraid to ask those tough questions. There, sometimes um, you think um, um, you're just oh, it's just, it's just you having an issue, but really there there might be some validity to why you feel the way you do. So ask the right questions to make sure that so that you can feel more comfortable with the decisions you're making and the people that you're with and. Uh, if, especially in business and money and um, in marriage, you know, it's like ask the tough questions and get clarity and 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 uh, you demand it, not demand it, but um, but you're you're valuable, you're a valuable person, and um, and it, to, for you to ask for clarity uh, is is a right. It's also their right to, to then not share, but then it's up to you to make the decision of what that means for you. So, you know, learn from the process. Know that it's not something, you know, it's not like you're going to get over your trust issues overnight. I'm 43. So it'll probably take me another like 40, 50 years, you know, to to work through it. But hopefully with each iteration, with each draft, right, uh, it gets, uh, I learn how to trust better and better. I think the key really here with trust issues is learning how to hurt well, meaning like we're going to get hurt. That's just life. Like we're out here on the battlefields. We're in the jungle, baby. Like there's animals, there's lions, there's snakes, there's, there's fire ants, there's the sun, uh, there, there's snakes, there are birds and, and bees. So there are things that are giving life and there are things that are taking life. And, um, and that's just life out here in the jungle. So like learning how to hurt well is uh is is the key there i want to thank you all for tuning into another episode of before you kill yourself remember this podcast is not um is not a replacement for going to therapy it's not a replacement for making the phone call 1-800-SUICIDE or calling a talk line which i always list in the show notes call them call somebody talk to a stranger uh, write your feelings down. Um, ask yourself if what you're doing is what you really want to be doing and what you need to be doing. Do you, do you feel fulfilled? Um, take some stuff off your plate. Maybe you got too much on your plate. Say no to things. Walk over. Ah, I don't. I, I don't have. I don't have space for that right now. You don't have to say yes to everything, right? Um, and if you feel like a burden, um, know that you're not. If, you know, ask them and, and say, uh, you know, I, I understand, like, 
I've had I've had my I had a roommate once. He paid my rent for six months. Oh man, you talk about feeling like a burden. I, I definitely felt like a burden. Um, then, but uh, the what helped me alleviate feeling like a burden was I I just kept checking in with them and kept communicating. That's the key. If you feel like a burden because somebody is doing so much for you, uh, just keep checking in with them and let them know your intention and let them know what you're doing to alleviate the burdensome. Um, you might be in a situation where, um, I forget the guy's name, but there's a documentary about the football player who has ALS and now he's bedridden and his wife has to take care of him completely. But, um, you know, so at, at, there is no point at which he then could is ever going to be able to take care of himself. So he's always going to be that type of physical um, burden, emotional burden. But he does a very good job of checking in with his wife and asking tough questions and saying, is this too much for you? And um, what can I do to help? And how are you feeling? And um, I, 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 he even, you know, uh, sharing how he felt disconnected. He's like, I feel like there's space between us. And and like you're just uh, going through the motions, like address, if you feel like a burden, address the elephant in the room, right? Address the elephant in the room of, of how you're feeling and what you're thinking and just get it all out there on the table. And I promise you, you'll, you'll realize, you'll, you'll be shocked at the, the capacity that people have to, to love and uh, take care of you and, and us of each other. Right, we we have our capacity to love is is uh, incredible. It could it could it could fuel, could it could launch ro- you know rocket ships. So, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for rating on iTunes. That's you know and sharing sharing the podcast with someone that you think would benefit from it. If not the podcast, share an episode. But the, the sharing, sharing is caring. Um, that that to me is uh, that's much love. And send me your messages. Um, uh, send me your questions through uh, Instagram, through Facebook, um, Leo Flowers two thousand on Instagram, or Before You Kill Yourself on Instagram. Facebook is under Before You Kill Yourself. I'm also under Leo Flowers on on there. So um, multiple ways to reach out to me, connect with me. Um, and I will talk to you all soon.